Today on the Notes of the On the Sideline, Dad Podcast, episode number 78. We answer that question, how to overcome fertility challenges and reconnect as couples in the journey of becoming parents. You know, becoming parents is rewarding. There's a lot of happiness with it, but also come with a lot of challenges. We discuss that more. My guest, Mark Sherman, the founder of Organic Conception, next on the podcast. Let's do this. Welcome to the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad Podcast, a podcast about a journey of discovery and conversations about not sitting on the sideline of life. Let's get involved. Here's host Joe Foley. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, my name is Joe Foley. I really want to thank you for being here. And another thing too, if this is the first time, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. You know, sometimes things don't always work out the way they're supposed to, but I'm glad you're here. I, and I had a question for you before we get going and stuff like that. Are you ready for the new year or the new decade or the new new word of the year? You know, so many things happened the last 10 years, like the new decade. What are you looking forward to in the next 10 years? What are you looking for in the next five, next year? You know, I, a lot of things happened to me in the last 10 years. and um gets me where I am now still facing a lot of challenges and a lot of things, but I enjoy the journey. I mean, I really do enjoy trying to figure this stuff out. I mean, it's stressful, believe me, but I enjoy spending time with you and talking to these interesting people I have on the podcast. We talk about like today's topic. We're talking about conception, fertility challenges, connecting with couples. You know, I'd be interested to hear what your thoughts are about the new decade. What are you looking forward to? Send me an email. Leave a comment in the show notes. I'd love to hear it. Maybe we can chat about it. Leave it. Join the Facebook group and we can talk about the next decade. Maybe how, how to um, come up with goals. That's a new thing too. I mean, I know I'm a little weak on that myself, but I, you know, I'd love to hear what you have to say. Maybe you have a great idea or something I, I never thought of before. Really? You know, because you know what? I'm trying to figure this out just like you. <laughs> Next up, my interview with Mark Sherman, the founder of Organic Conception. Mark designed a program that helps couples navigate through the journey to becoming parents or the journey to parenthood. Interview was around Father's Day of 2019, back a few months ago. I found this uh, interview very interesting, to be honest with you, because trying to have children never exactly worked the way it's supposed to. It really doesn't. I mean... I think nothing ever happens the way it's supposed to when, especially trying to come have kids. I can't, I can't remember the story of myself, me and my brother. We were, um, we're born preemies. I'm seven months early. And the funny story is you never know what's going to happen. You never, nothing ever works the way it's supposed to. Back in the early seventies, they didn't have the technology you have now. My mom thought she was going to have one child. But funny thing about it, that was my brother talking to my brother. And I was a twin. I was upside down behind him with one single heartbeat. And um, they're like, Mrs. Foley, this is your baby boy. Mrs. Foley, you got another one. Woo! They didn't know that. So nothing ever happens the way it's supposed to. And couples go through journeys becoming parents. I mean, you know, medical reasons, stress, the way we live lives nowadays. Nothing ever works the way it's supposed to. Like, people have some challenges. It happens. 
but also it's tough to see the parents and couples go through tough times and trying to figure out the stuff out and go with the divorce and, and ruin relationships that, you know, are really important to us. Some people even spend themselves into bankruptcy to do this. And that's how important it really is. It's um, a quote from Mark's organization or company. It's Organic Conception is the first organization to research, map, and pivotal psychological transition from, from couples who unexpectedly overcame fertility challenges. Hmm. It's interesting. Overcome fertility challenges. It's like sometimes they say that you just stop trying so hard and it may happen. Mark shares some insights on how emotional health is just as important as your physical health in trying to conceive children. Mark shares some really interesting things about, and also some stories about this. About this. So let's jump right in. Welcome to the uh, podcast, Mark. Thank you very much, Joe. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, I got to ask just because I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm gonna, you know, we're fathers, and and this kind of topic kind of kind of connects us this way. Last week was just Father's Day, and I know a little about about your story. And um, how does 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 it make Father's Day really special for you? I know it's special, but does it make it more special? Yeah, I, I you know I think it does. I you know fortunately or unfortunately, when you deal with a major struggle in life, um, where you're living through a time of great uncertainty, and then you know my wife and I, you, you know, we struggled for many many years trying to conceive and. You know, when we finally reached that point of achieving parenthood, I think my wife and I still say to this day, there's just a level of respect and appreciation. And, you know, we couldn't wait for the day for the 3 a.m. crying baby with the full diaper. And uh, I'm not sure how many people <laughs> look forward to that day, but yeah, for sure. I mean, it doesn't mean those that don't have the struggle are not appreciative of, of their children, of course. But yeah, for us, I, I, I truly say this. My son's 14 now, and I don't think there's a day that goes by where we're, we're truly grateful for the opportunity. Well, how did you get into this? How did you get into this kind of field? Yeah. So how did your life take you where you now dedicate your life to helping couples who are struggling to conceive? So my wife and I struggled for close to a decade and, you know, without boring you with the complete details, but on two separate occasions, Joe, we became the story that I think so many people and certainly those people who have struggled to conceive you hear about the story of the couple that tries for years, then they decide to shift their path, whether it be adopting a child or foster care or taking a huge break. And then guess what happens? There's the, <laughs> the unexpected surprise, you know, miracle baby that, that shows up. And um, I always tell people, because I just think you have to, to be very honest, that for my wife and I, of course, when we struggled um, for many, many years, we constantly hear those stories. And they're actually pretty frustrating to hear when people are saying, hey, you hear about the story of the couple that are adopted, or they tell you just to relax or just let go and it will naturally happen. Well, when you're struggling, those stories, when people make those comments, they, they actually make you feel like indirectly, they're basically telling you that you've, you're doing something wrong. You've created such a, a, a bad environment that life you can't conceive. And they also kind of indirectly tell you, tells you that you need to give up on what you so desperately want in order to achieve what you want. And that is just completely unrealistic to think that if someone sees themselves building a family a certain way, to think that you're going to convince someone to adopt a child or, or just get this completely out of your mind, it's just unrealistic, Joe. But so for my wife and I, though, on two separate occasions, of course, through our course of eight years struggling, we had just that, the surprise, unexpected conception. So on two separate times, we truly hit this point where we decided enough, we shifted our path, and then bam, 
this thing happened. And um, after the second time that it happened to us, I, you know, I, I think living it twice, I certainly felt I didn't have anything to really back me, but but felt that clearly on both those occasions, there was a change that occurred. There was a change psychologically. I think there was a change in terms of emotionally, the way my wife looked at herself, her body. There was a change in our relationship, Joe. There was a change in decisions we made, choices we made, how we stayed connected and engaged in life. And the second time that it happened, that we became that annoying story, <laughs> I just said, I'm surprised and really became shocked that no one had ever gone out and conducted formal research to understand, are there patterns? Are there commonalities? Are there insights that can emerge from these stories that can help couples in terms of psychologically understanding what they're going through? And, and yeah, I left my corporate career of 20 plus years and hired a PhD, Dr. Kate Webster, who's a research psychologist. And we went out there to research these stories and conduct uh, a level of, of analysis that was never done before. It's interesting. I'm, I'm, when I'm listening to you talk about that, when I had my first son, I mean, I'm my only son, but it's like, I expected the things to go like, you know, like, like it, like almost clockwork, like, you know, just anything's supposed to happen in an order. And then when you're actually, sure. and when you're actually in the middle of it, it doesn't happen that way. Real life doesn't, <laughs> <laughs> real life doesn't happen that way. Yeah, no, that's, that's very true. And I, and I think that, you know, the way that you thought about life, the sequence of life and how life will unfold, let's face it, more than ever, we are a society that is planned, that is timed. We're juggling careers. Women are in the workforce. We're trying to figure out when is that right time. We're thinking of childcare. We're trying to make sure finances are set. And um, I don't think there's anyone of us that doesn't anticipate and think about planning, you know, this next phase of our lives. And I actually think what you just suggested there is, is why that so quickly, um, this becomes a very traumatic experience for couples. I think, um, I remember Dr. Kate being very shocked that within just several months of couples experiencing this delay, there was a level of that early worry and concern starts to morph to that anxiety and that fear. And I would even say in some cases, there's that panic that starts to set in. And the reason for that is, gosh, we're, we're planning life to go a certain way. And, and a lot of things that we can directly control, Joe, right? You can push to get the job. You can push to get the house. You can build the home, save. I mean, there's all these things that are kind of in our control. And when we start to deal with this month to month delay, um, for many, many people described it as just kind of losing control and Holy smokes, every month that goes on, we're, we're missing, you know, how this was supposed to go. And, and I think it's uh, very quickly, this becomes emotionally a very difficult place for women and couples. And I, I make that separation um, for the reason, because the way women are interpreting what's happening is completely different than that of their partner. And, um, and it just leads to, it can lead to a lot of um, difficult times for couples, for sure. Have you seen anything like people like um, gone through this kind of process? I mean, I've heard people I mean, in a situation gone bankrupt for doing this and that, you know, financially that would drive people to, um, divorce. I mean, divorce and, and separation. And then it's really, it's a really sad situation. It, it's horribly sad. I think that, um, you know, I fortunately or unfortunately, when you're in the struggle, there's just a million things being thrown at you in terms of what to do, what to try, um, you know, treatments. And um, there's nobody who's short of a suggestion in terms of telling you what to do. And I think for so many, we become obsessed. Women literally just shared with us that regardless of if 
diagnosis in terms of what might be wrong with the woman versus the, the, the partner. It is women describing this is my body. Ultimately, I feel at fault. I need to fix this. I need to solve this. And to your point, it's almost at any expense. There's, uh, I had a woman just recently described that she was, she, she vividly described that she was like in a jungle, cutting her way, creating a new path, trying to find the answers, find the fix. And it was this constant obsession with what did we not try? What's next? And listen, Joe, I'm not here to judge. And when you are in it, it's natural to want to find answers and fixes. And women are told their clocks are ticking and there's this urgency that's naturally in the system. But um, to your point in everything that we did research, it's, there's a lot of loss. There's a loss of a woman's sense of self or self-esteem. She, you know, women start to really define themselves on, by what's not happening in their lives. There's a loss that the couple experiences and how they both try to kind of get on with life. And in many ways, they're withdrawing, they're pulling back. Things that were fun and exciting are being called into question and social events are, are now difficult. And and ultimately, there's just a disengagement from life. And yes, even those that achieve success, depending on their ability to emotionally connect as a couple, a united couple in this process, even those that, that succeed and achieve parenthood, yeah, a lot of times, uh, unfortunately, there's there's uh, loss relative to the marriage and divorce rates and, and things like that. So it's critical more than ever um, that we emotionally stay well and healthy and connected. And certainly in a difficult time, that's harder to do. But those couples that can actually create that foundation and bridge that gap between the way a woman's experiencing this and that of her partner, that can lead, lead to an incredible partnership that, as you and I know, being dads and being parents and living life, that there's more uncertainty ahead in a strong bond between a couple is invaluable. So basically building a good, make sure you have a good foundation before you go in to do something like this. It, it is. And, and the reason that's trickier to do is through our research, the way a woman is interpreting what's happening to her, the meaning she's giving it, and the way she's actually behaving is much different than that of her husband in terms of the interpretation, meaning, and whatnot. So there's a natural disconnect, like welcome to you know, husband and wife. <laughs> um, the, but the problem is the level of anxiety and worry and panic that a woman has, it, it might not be shared at that same level and that same degree. So our ability to validate, to understand, and I always say to couples, it's about meeting in between. I think that a lot of times the husband might be saying, it's okay, we're going to figure this out. It will be fine. And I ask women to try to lean into that to some degree because guess what? You are okay. And there's so many amazing, beautiful, wonderful things in your life. And you have the strength of a relationship and we're healthy. Um, and on the flip side, women are panicked. This is their identity. Did they wait too long? You know, husbands have to be able to have a level of vulnerability to emotionally um, be a bit more connected in terms of validating where she might be at, because um, it, it could be a place that's very much alone, even though women might have a good support system in terms of friends and moms. If they haven't experienced the struggle, it's very difficult for people to really understand what someone's going through. So yeah, it's about, you know, it's either, are we going to process this as individuals and as a joint couple, or are we going to suppress it and keep charging forward looking for the fix. And, and that is a choice. I had a quick question about, is there any stories, any couples that you could share that would be the men are saying one, then the woman saying that, and, and then they finally, oh, we, we figured it out. Any stories like that? 
where there was a, a, a reuniting of that couple through this process. Yeah, they both had, yeah, they both had, like you said, men interpret things differently and women interpret things. And if you had any experience of any stories you can share about the situation like that, and then like they talked it out and they realized they really want the same thing. They do want the same thing. Absolutely. There are, you know, I get a husband in Australia, he and his wife, and he talked, he said, you know what? I felt the pain and I, I was worried. And this was horrific to see my wife, you know, struggling so much. And it was so hard to see our lives that were kind of, you know, we got married, we, our home. And, and now all of a sudden this, this chapter of child of parenthood, this mm-hmm. next phase very quickly became trauma in that our entire lives became 30 day windows. Is it going to happen this month? And we'd have that hope and then despair when it didn't happen. And it was encourage- It was incredible to see that the, the men are suffering. But his comments were similar to the way I experienced it, is that I felt like I had to stay strong because she was in such a difficult place with such a, you know, someone had to steer the ship, Joe. You know, you. so I, this is once again, we, we got to, however, it, it, you know, as he described trying to be positive and it's okay, the woman felt more and more resentment. She literally was like, how do you know? And what crystal ball are you looking at? <laughs> so it's, um, but it's funny, this one particular couple, when I was on the phone with them, they were, they were talking about how through the program, through this course we created, he said, we've learned a lot about our learning styles, how we process things. And he actually said they created this chart. And he said, many things come up now in life that we say, okay, Jen, you're over here. I'm over here. And they had this way in which they can respect where each person <laughs> was. But then they had this ability to actually find the balance, find the connection and be able to move on together. And listen, for all the things in our lives that are planned in time that we can just, you know, be resilient and push through it. This is a time in our lives about conceiving and life that well, might not go as planned. And our ability to use this as a chance to grow as people, as couples, to lead parent, to lead children, however that path particularly arises, that's, that's an incredible gift. But for so many, you know, you're lost in this thing. And again, I'm not pointing fingers. My wife and I were there for literally many, many years. Mm-hmm. But um, like us and many other couples in our research, there was this shift, this realignment that happened that I think that if we can move more and more couples to realizing they're more than just physical beings, Joe, there's an emotional and a spiritual part of this equation. And we can't neglect, you know, two thirds of the equation as we push forward, looking for fixes. It's funny, the emotional part of it, like being whole with yourself and then the, the reproduction health part of it. How does that fit together? I mean, you mean you got to have, make sure you're a clear up here before you do go through the process. Is that what you're saying? You know, you do. And I know it sounds, even just hearing you say that, I'm like, gosh, how soft does that sound? How <laughs> loosey, you know, you got people that are like, I need my kids now. And I'm, and the clock is ticking and age is a factor. But th- at the end of the day, um, absolutely. It's about um, emotionally being whole and connecting and understanding how we're experiencing something. And there is a ton of research. And we have some of this on our website. And I continue to learn. I had this woman, uh, Dr. Amy Beckley. She's a CEO of this company called Prove. It's an in-home progesterone test for, for women. And what she was describing when she learned more about our work, she said, Mark, what you're not realizing is that our emotional health and our reproductive health are not two separate things. And that when we're dealing with the month-to-month devastation or, Joe, I'm not even people before they even start trying. I can't tell you how many people in our research just talked about the anticipation of trying and was I on birth control too long? And did I wait even before people enter into the process? 
there's a level of worry and fear and anxiety that's sitting there behind the surface. So when we start to have this missed month one, month two, month three, we're now interpreting this and we're starting to create a story about what's happening to us. So what she really helped me better understand is that there is a our, our ability to be emotionally well when we're not and we're dealing with some anticipation, some worry, that drives a level of an increase in our cortisol levels. Cortisol levels is that fight or flight. Our bodies are we're, our bodies are smart systems. We know if we're not ready or things might not feel like this is the right time. And that cortisol spikes, she really described it as actually stealing from our reproductive system, stealing progesterone that is critical for not only conception, but carrying a baby to term. So she was the one that said, Mark, I see so many programs that give you know, a lot of things you could tell someone to do for short-term stress relief, right? Go yoga and meditation. And, and listen, all of them are good. But three hours later, that thought is right back in my head or a woman's head or a couple's head. And it's the ability to get to the root of our thinking in, tra- in changing the way we are processing what is happening to us. And many people are not even processing it. They're suppressing it. And I think that ultimately becoming emotionally well, we put our reproductive system in a much greater chance for conception. I, I think about it, too, is... um. People have like, it seems like people have a lot of shame about it too. I mean, be shameful about it, upset about it, and then and they struggle with that. It just, I'm wondering what your thoughts of that is. It's the truth. It, it there is a level of shame. There's a level of, uh, and this is why it's kind of suffering in silence and and people not wanting to divulge. Therefore, it's a very lonely place because there is shame that comes with this. And um, there's a lot of self-blame that comes with this. There's, um, yeah, it's just, I mean, for so many women, I mean, let's face it, this is why they're here. This is identity. This is their legacy. And when, when, when something's threatened, think about anything in life that's living with incredible uncertainty. It can be financial. It can be a health concern. It certainly can be this, but easier said than done to chill out and relax. I mean, this is, this is hard. And I think for most, most women, there's, there's that shame that comes along with it. And, and unfortunately, when you are struggling, it just seems like there's babies all around you. They just come out of the, the, the damn woodwork. It is like people are conceiving at easily. There's people you're like, you know, and you're having these thoughts of, of why can they do it? Why can't I, why can, and some of the emotions are very raw. And I don't mean to say this in any disrespectful way, but a lot of people's like, why can low income people conceive on this beautiful home? We're ready. We're prepared. Why is it not happening to us? It, it gets ugly fast. And I think so many people are trying to give people suggestions of what to do until you meet people where they are, until you can normalize where they're at, really validate where they are in these extreme emotions. Only then did we find through our work that you can then start to empower, start to shift, start to grow, start to heal. And at the end of the day, the ability to change the quality of the life of this person, this couple, um, that alone is so valuable to their life. And then for sure, there's a large percentage of people that we researched that did have um, success at the end of this. Um, and, and that's ultimately what we're, you know, we're trying to do. Well, it's interesting. You mentioned about people telling you what to do and how to do it, give you advice, what to eat, what not to eat. I was in the store recently and I'm buying some deodorant and I'm having to be behind me some women. And it was funny that they go, when your body temperature, the one woman say the other one, when your body temperature is right, this temperature, that's the perfect time. I'm like, there's all, there's all kinds of things. And then it's just interesting. As we talk, I thought about that. Oh, Joe, it, 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 I'm not going to say it's crazy because it is unbelievable how much is out there in terms of physically 
you know, solving it in the timing and the planning. And, and I lived at get home now and there's the window and drink caffeine before. I mean, you are inundated and no one is short of a suggestion nor is the website short of a suggestion. What's happening is we're just disregarding the emotional side of this because there's so many choices. There's so many tangible things that I can do that I feel that I can change my diet. I can remove the toxins and at some point in time for so many couples, they describe life becoming just robotic. Everything is planned. Everything is timed. Things that maybe you once loved doing, you're, you're, you're giving up because you're just calling them into question. And again, even in our program, we, we're not here to tell people what to do and not do, but about where are those intentions in which we're making decisions by? And if we're making decisions based on that fear and that uncertainty and the anxiety and, and fixing, we just need to help call into because at the end of the day, no, we learned in our research, your emotional health and unity as a couple actually matters. And it, it's, um, and for so many people, it was only when they gave up the chaos, the compliance to the label that they took on as their infertile or their age, all these things that became their identity. It wasn't until they broke free and started to, to, to rid themselves of all these past disappointments and, and live for who they were now as individuals and as a couple. And it was incredible, the profound changes that happened in people's lives. And then, yes, for a subset, there was conception. No one can promise conception, Joe. And that's, there's too many people dangling that carrot. We are very careful to say, you know, our, our hope is that we dramatically change someone's quality of life. And we do believe quality of life and reproductive health are connected. It is amazing. I mean, near the conception. I mean, oh, the thing about it though is, it, it's it's amazing because you can't, like you said, you can't predict it. It's just just amazing. And we had people in our research that had PCOS. We had uh, what do they call it? Um, advanced age for <laughs> how they describe all the real. We had low sperm. We had scenarios. I'll never forget a couple of two percent chance conceiving. The doctor told them this would not happen. <laughs> and psychologically, these nine emotional transitions, these stages that we uncovered in the research, when people move to this place where there was a statistical change in their sense of self, their ability to cope, and their ability to stay connected, engaged in life, when we unravel this mess and help people make sense of it, say, oh my gosh, that's me. I thought I was so alone for having that thought. When you can actually emotionally understand, it's a very powerful pill. It's our, it's our well-being, and it's, it's an, uh, an amazing, you know, what life can do when, when we, when because we, we're too quick to take on, and listen, medical skills are advancing, there's so much great work being done, but listen, it's still at some point in time, nobody knows for sure exactly what's going to happen. What kind of programs you offer, like, in, in for your, or from the organic conception? Yeah, so so when we did the research, and I always let people know that when Dr. Kate and I went out to research all variations of stories of couples that struggled for years, and then there was this something changed and then there was this kind of unexpected exception. She said it. She said, there might not be a common thread though across these stories. She says, when we enter into research, you just don't know. It was the complete opposite. Every story. And we had control groups and we continue to research all stories to this day. Every story would actually map to one of these nine transitions. So when we realized that statistically, just like stages of grief, if you think about grieving, Dr. Uh, Ross created for the first time, like they identified there was these common stages, these transitions that people move through when they're grieving. And the idea of normalizing what someone's going through, validating what someone's going through, that leads to this level of, of shift and empowerment that can happen. It doesn't take away the grieving, but we start to understand what we're going through. Um, so for us, there was these nine emotional transitions that just became so 
apparent across all of these stories. And um, we then created, it's kind of an online, you know, audio program. It's just a lot of couples call it a course where we're walking them through each of those transitions. They're able to hear what these stages sound like. Dr. Kate is a psychologist, helps to understand why it's normal that as humans, we process things a certain way. Mm-hmm. And then through this, so many couples say, you gave me the words to understand what was just raw feelings. You gave us the language to connect and communicate and have the context of what was happening. So it's, a, you know, there's, there's eight modules, 50 minutes each. So this is a seven-ish hour course um, that for so many, it frees them. It rids the worry, the anxiety. And for so many, um, we have couples that do it as part of treatment. We have couples that say this helps us understand what steps we should take next. So at the end of the day, it's an online course. It does come with this digital, uh, we have this workbook and journal box that we send couples or couples can download the workbook and the workbook's there to help reinforce the concepts in the program. And then what we've just added recently is we have an online support group for people that are going through the program together. And we do a virtual monthly call where we're there to go live and talk about particular topics. So our whole goal is to keep people lifted, keep people trusting, and keep people psychologically understanding what's happening and how we keep ourselves in that right frame of mind. I was curious, um, what kind of feedback have you got from the uh, audio book, the audio program? Those that have the courage and vulnerability to take the time to do this work and to do it as an individual, and then it's even braver, if that's hard to do it as a couple, <laughs> Joe, it, the, the, uh, what we measure is about quality of life differences around the key constructs of sense of self, ability to cope and stay engaged in life. And the feedback has just been outstanding. There's women, a woman that just wrote, she said, I feel like I came out of a dark cave that I didn't, that I didn't know I was in. I feel free for the first time in years. And if I had to give you one quote that just summarizes the level of the spirit of what we hear when people go through, we had other uh, couples that say, this um, helped my husband. I talked about things that were there in the room. We just didn't have the the tools to communicate. (laughs) No one wanted to kind of go there. So I think, um, you know, for so many, it, it can really transform their journey. And, um, but it's funny, my wife had to talk to a couple that was not had to, um, we had a doctor that was using our program as part of their care, which how awesome is that, that we even have caretakers who, who respect and care greatly about the physical work they're doing, but they even know there's an emotional and spiritual piece and we need to bring all three into harmony. But this one doctor said, can you talk to this woman first before she starts the program? And my wife had to tell her upfront, if you're doing this as a to-do item to conceive a baby. It's probably not the right program, even though, Joe, I can tell you in the last month, I've probably heard of 10 partners that said a couple can see they, they believe it was due to this complete emotional shift and change. But you cannot suggest that. This is about owning your journey. It's about self-growth. It's about how we're processing this. And it's about a tool that can bring this couple together to create a bond that they will absolutely need in their lives. And if that's the mindset that someone enters in with, then we do really, really well. I guess, transition. what would be your final thoughts? Let me leave with um, a couple that were going through the process. What, what would you say to them and help them through their journey? When I say this, I'm almost like, I remember my wife being in it, and I don't know if I would have been able to take this advice, Joe, to be quite honest with you, which is to believe that something soft like emotional health and well-being and connecting in this process actually matters is probably a hard concept to know. I lived it eight years. I left my job, sold my house, spent four years researching it, and you have to do this individually. I think so many women that I just had to kind of go through the program myself first because I just had to get my footing. I don't even know what I was feeling. 
you've got to be able to understand yourself first and what you're experiencing. I then really highlight that people have to do this as a united couple and that processing is different and that exchange is different and finding the middle and common ground is different. And then thirdly, only till you know what's happening to you and you understand how you're connecting as a couple, then only then do I think you can understand really how to progress forward. And for and usually it's the opposite too. Normally we're just doing, 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 doing. We're not making any time for the being. And I think that I'd like people to emotionally heal, do it as a couple. And then for so many, they say the path forward is so clear once you've done one and two. Um, where they can connect you, where they want to they want to find out more about this program and more about you. Yeah, so it's, it's organic-conceptions, with an S, dot com. Um, so I'll tell you, after living this, um, we allow the programs accessible for $39 a month. Couples can cancel any time, meaning someone wants to blow through it a month again. When you are struggling financially, everyone's looking for money, 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 money. It adds to the stress. So we are, our mission is to change people's lives. We have a money-back guarantee. Um, we have a mentorship community people can connect with, and we will continue to be here advocating that your emotional health and well-being matters, and we're going to make this program as, as easy and accessible uh, without creating the heartache and the turmoil that a lot of uh, other decisions come with. So, yeah, www.organic-conceptions.com, and certainly people can reach out to me uh, directly at Mark, it's M-A-R-C, at organic-conceptions.com. I love chatting with with women, couples. My wife's actively, actively involved, and so is Dr. Kate Webster. So we're happy to help anyone in any way possible. I'll make sure all the links are in the no, um, show notes for today's episode. Mark, I really want to say thank you very much for being on the podcast tonight, and, and your message needs to get out there. Thank you, sir. You're very welcome, Joe. Thanks for having me. Wrapping up this episode, I really want to thank Mark Sherman for being a guest on the podcast, and I really want to thank you for listening. You can find out more about Mark over at organicconception.com. You can find all the links in the show notes over at nocityonthesideline.com slash 78. Please reach out and leave a comment or if you have any questions, you also leave a comment in the show notes and want to send me an email or leave a comment. Like You can find all my content information at nocityonthesideline.com slash contact. You know, I think it's a really tough topic and um, to talk about today. I'm saying, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm blessed to have my son and it's tough to see couples go through the challenges and it's nice to see that them overcoming it. And then it's also too, if couples can't have children, there's always a kid who needs, wants to love to be adopted and looking for a home with two loving parents. Nothing ever works out the way it's supposed to, but it's nice to see when things do work out for the better. Believe me, I'm blessed to have my son and um, he's a gift in my eyes because kids, children are a gift. Until next time, give your kids a hug. Tell them how much you love them. God bless. Take care. See ya. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe to the newsletter to receive updates of the show and helpful and useful tips. This has been a production of Foley 42 Media.